back here with Contextualize, and it's been, I don't know quite how long, but... Years. Not, <laughs> not been years, uh, maybe dog years. Dog months. But um, it's been a little bit, and even over the summer, we, we got to do kind of some, some different podcasts. Yeah. So, um, anyways, we're here. So, we, are we apologizing? No. No, just explaining. So, if you really want something <laughs> to be great in the world, do it rhythmically, and if we get off the rhythm... Are we still going to do something effective and great? You know, it's not us anyway. Right. Rhythm's good, but so, so flexibility's good too. We love our That's flexibility. <laughs> so, anyways, it's good to be back, and I'm excited for uh, you know where we're going to be. We really today we just want to give uh, you all and maybe ourselves as well a sense of where we're going to be this fall. Uh, yeah. Kind of where we're going to be the next couple months. So we'll we'll touch on the podcast here in a minute, but. Uh, we were talking just before, and Jim suggested, "Hey, why don't we talk about the sermon series that's going to start in two? Yeah, two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So, what are so, we doing? So, let's do this. Uh, let me say this as a preface. Um, previews are helpful. We want you to be able to see into where we're headed and why. Um, but also, a little preface: it's been raining for twenty-four hours. Yeah. And I feel melancholy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. And so that may be true of people listening. And so like we were just saying, even our next and upcoming sermon series in First Samuel, I was bouncing off the walls about it yesterday before the rain just wouldn't stop. We did. It, it our, was awesome. We, yeah. So we did our, our regular sermon prep work time, the three of us, and it was my time to go. And I spent 30 minutes walking through the whole book of First Samuel with AJ and Bill just to talk about the, the big theme of the book and where we're, where I see the, ser- the series going. And I'm really excited. Uh, the, the book of First Samuel, it, it starts with really deep story. And the story is about a woman named Hannah, and her son is going to be Samuel, but she's barren. She can't have a child. And so we have Hannah's personal pain that meets us right away in chapter one, but it's overlaid with the bankruptcy of the people of God. Um, And I know I'll be explaining this over the first three, four weeks, but there's at this time in the people of God's journey of redemption and history, there's no prophet, there's no priest, and there's no king. Uh, The very last verse in the book of Judges says that, that there's no king. And the people of God did what was right in their own eyes. And, yeah. and it was a disaster, morally um, and all relationally, communally. Right. And so what's powerful about this book at this time, at least for me, is the, the, the Bible wants us to start feeling the personal pain of one participant while it also gives us the overlay of the macro picture for the people of Israel. And it, it's just awful. Yeah. And I feel it relates a lot to what I see in the world around us right now. Sure, um, absolutely, yeah. That there are macro realities. You know, there's the earthquake in Haiti. There's the the, the Afghan just, oh, I'm sick to my stomach right yeah. now. Obviously, there's COVID-19. There's a sexual revolution that has confused biology with feeling. And my heart's just really heavy. Yeah. I'll yeah. call, let me call all that the global... Uh-huh. suffering and pain and all of us sure. have our opinions about it we see different things about it yeah. and I can only say you'll hear some things from me pastorally Christ community just not wanting to be afraid to say it sucks I hate it as a pastor I'm just tired of it yeah that's the big stuff uh-huh. but then deep inside of all the embedded in all that there are personal stories of pain that need God's reversal and need rescue yeah and the book of first Samuel is going to take us right into both things simultaneously yeah. in the history of the people of God so 
I'm just very, very excited. Every week is going to be a story. Some stories are really familiar, David and Goliath. Um, some stories are not familiar at all, and they are powerful. Some yeah. stories are funny, yeah. they're dark. Yeah. And so what I want to just appeal to those listening is, if you know of a, of a friend that is unchurched, or is not in a church that's preaching the scriptures, and they need an introduction to experiencing like the Word of God preached with authority where we see Jesus, I can't think of a better series because yeah. it is... I don't want to say entertain, entertaining in a in a shallow sense, right. but it's invigorating to read these. So I was literally, sure. I was bouncing off the walls yeah. around here with like a shaking excitement to be in this book. With it was our just church. fun to sit and watch. It, it was it was really fun to listen to you talk through the book of First Samuel. I just and it was helpful, but it was it was also just. Like, but man, then today, working on the first sermon in chapter one, I yeah. just, I don't really. I want to keep the lights off in my office. It's just really dark. Yeah. And the world we're in is dark, and the the world of Hannah was dark, and um, so I just want to appeal. I dare I dare people to go talk to the friend who they feel like is just completely confused about reality, and say, yeah. "Would you try something with me? Yeah. Come for one month." Yeah, yeah. And um, granted, don't wait. Come and hear AJ preach the last two sermons in <laughs> Job. <laughs> but particularly starting something fresh and new, it yeah. will be a very. Um, and I pray we'll be faithful because yeah. uh, excitement is not really that important. The power of the truth is that does excite right. is what's important. But. Right. Right. But the, the reality and the depth of God's redemption is exciting. And not in a shallow way, obviously. Like it's, it's deep and it's moving and it's exciting to see that. And I think we'll get to see that in some really powerful ways. Can I you give an, an illustration that's not common in that book yeah. that might help people hear yeah. that? The reality. Use the word reality. So there's a part around chapter 4 and 5 in 1 Samuel where the people of God are just, they're, they're wrestling with the Philistines and they're fighting and stuff, and the Philistines take the ark. Just to show you how dark everything right. is. Yeah. You, yeah. The, you basically have the ark of God, which is the symbolic presence of God, uh -huh. ends up in different cities across the Philistines, Philistine people, and just bad things break out in each town where the ark of God is because yeah. it's not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be with his people. And so they're playing hot potato with God, and anyway, the priesthood is bankrupt, and you have Eli, the priest dies, and um, his sons die, and basically Eli's grandson is born as his daughter-in-law passes away, and she names the child Ichabod. And the name Ichabod means the glory has departed. And so you actually have in this book embedded is the people of God are basically in a place where they feel God's gone. Like, that's how bad it is. Yeah. God is gone. And yeah. the children are being named, the glory has departed, Ichabod. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. Yeah. And God's not gone. But I know a lot of people in this world right now, maybe even in our church, that are feeling like, what is God doing? Yeah. Where is he? Yeah. Right? And so yet at that part in chapter 4 and 5 of 1 Samuel, you've got this scene, these scenes, these stories, where basically the, the pagans in the world... <laughs> They can't contain God. They, they don't know what to do with him. Mm -hmm. And so they just get him away from us. Get him right. away from us. Right. And they give all sorts of really awful, weird gifts to God. They throw a bunch of like pagan symbols into the ark. Like, maybe this will make him happy because we're tired of, <laughs> of these sores breaking on our body. It's just, it's a weird scene. It's yeah. actually a little comical. It is. But yeah. then it, the ark of God shows up among the people of God and they, they cheer, but then they're terrified because like, we don't know what to do with this. Like, yeah. we haven't paid attention to his holiness. Yeah. And again, I'm... I, we're not going to be in that for six or seven weeks. But those are probably stories that many of our uh -huh. listeners aren't as familiar with, like uh -huh. compared to David and Goliath. Sure. But 
do you, I feel like sometimes what is God doing? Where is he? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I think that through his word and by his spirit we see and sense his holiness and our minds are being conformed, but sometimes even in my own home it's just too freaking hard and it's yeah. dark and it's exhausting and yeah. I wonder Where's the glory that is supposed to be ours, that's supposed to be emanating out from the church? Why don't I see and feel that glory is God gone as the glory departed? Okay. So, yeah, I just appeal to you to come with an open heart, invite somebody who may be in need even a story like that, but it's going to be week after week for pretty much all fall and then part of the spring. Like yeah, that. yeah. And we're going to go right through Advent, right? We're going to keep preaching yeah. First Samuel through the Advent season. Yeah. Sorry. Man, it, it's just interesting to listen to you as, uh, you know, doing my work this week and preparing for our second to last Job sermon and how much of what you're saying is so pertinent to really the entire book of Job, but but even where the text is going to take us this Sunday um, of, you know, where is God? What is he doing? Questions that, that Job, Job and his friends been asking, have been yeah. asking, right? Like, how is this happening? How is this suffering happening? I don't get it. Um, and, you know, last week you got to preach through kind of part one of God's answer, and we'll see the culmination of that this week. And But that's that, that same question and idea has been on my mind, whether it's, again, the, the personal stuff that you talked about that, that oftentimes is so deep and painful, or the, the global stuff or, or cultural stuff, which could be confusing and alarming or, or whatever. Um, where is God in the midst of all of that darkness? What is he doing? Um, is he powerful against it? Is he bringing it about? Is he um, just not good? You know, th- those kind of questions will come up sometimes in our minds, sometimes in the minds of mm-hmm. friends we have. And I'm just excited to, to close out Job, which has been so much about suffering, and then to even hear where we're going to be going in First Samuel of, of how the Lord is going to link those things together to, to help us grow uh, in that. So. We have a lot of children in our church and we prioritize intergenerational worship where we don't have, you know, children's church that pulls the kids all out of the service the whole time. We want them there. Um, I acknowledge that sometimes, you know, I'm having trouble reading Old Testament poetry, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, children, my own children in different stages of their maturity and understanding, it's not always easy, but I'm excited for our kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next seven months, six or seven months uh, of being in First Samuel, I think that my children, maybe my boys, well, no, boys and girls. I mean, I mean, there's some blood and guts. There's, I mean, you know, um, riveting stories that are are raw and real enough that I think a first grader, kindergartner, fifth grader, high school kid are just going to see themselves in it. When Saul, the king, has the kingdom torn from him, he has this pride but he has so much fear of man that he's always hiding and he's always changing his behavior because he's afraid that people are going to be against him and he can't handle that, which is the point. He doesn't have the fear of God he has. He's got fear of people. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, man, my own children who are in high school and college, what do they realize the power of the flesh yeah. that convinces us I'm not good enough, I don't believe what God said about me, I, I don't know if I can play the role he's asking me, so I'm going to change the rules, I'm going to do it my way to try to protect myself, and it never works. Yeah. It never works. And yeah. Saul just, he goes into a place of darkness. So we even see the, the, the demise of a heart that wanted, I think, or at least at the very beginning, showed a willingness to be God's king. Yeah. But when, when he descends into the place of darkness, I think it's almost like a, 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 a map, if you will, of unchecked pride and fear of man 
not experiencing the redemption of God, where does it take you? And I think my children, myself, yeah. I can think of people in my life. I can think of, think of parts of my hearts that have taken those digressing uh -huh. steps, uh -huh. and but by the grace of God, we're rescued from it. So there's just a yeah, yeah. There's a lot in yeah. this. So I'm excited for our kids too. Yeah. Well, that's uh, final final thing I'll say, and we'll see if you have anything else before we move to the podcast. Um, is we just uh, got in yesterday. I haven't even told you this yet, but our first Samuel ESV scripture journals, uh, which we've been using for the past several series. And so we'll have those out probably next week um, rather than this Sunday. Uh, but grab one of those if those have been helpful. And, and that, I don't know, that, that may be the kind of thing that if you uh, take Jim up on his invitation slash challenge to invite someone, say, hey, here, I've got this for you to track along with. Um, you know, we'd be happy to, to make those uh, or for you to give those to them as well. So anything else you would say before we jump to Corinthians? No. No, excited. So, uh, so that's where we're going in the sermon, and uh, pray y'all track along with that and are edified through that. And then in our podcast, um, you know, I don't know if you realize this, Jim, but we technically never finished Acts. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> we I, got to Acts twenty-seven and then just put it on pause. Uh, we never did hit twenty-eight, but you can go read twenty-eight. We're going to jump to Second Corinthians. Man, my my inability to finish like an article or a book that that's it's, not it's, surprising but you're involved so I we're know, supposed well, to finish and we did I, it's not like we stopped halfway like we did 27 of 28 you know like, i leave bites of food on my plate just because i want to have control over the plate just to be like no you don't own me and Corey's like what's your deal yeah so to, yeah. to not finish the last well here let's do this so at the end of acts 28 <laughs> paul is in rome in the final couple, just go read the final, I forget if it's two or three verses there. But Luke's summary is that Paul continues to preach the word and God continues to grow his church, which is what we've seen throughout the entire book of Acts. And Luke basically says, it keeps happening. So there's there's Acts 28. And we just show. finished it. That's It's done. So now we're ready for 2 <laughs> Corinthians. So we're doing 2 Corinthians. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably launch that next week uh, with our contextualized podcast. Why are we doing 2 Corinthians? Because we just preached through First Corinthians, and it's the next letter. No, it, it's sensible to do it. Yeah. Um, I think God really used the book of First Corinthians to serve yeah. His people at Christ Community during um, a very difficult year. Um, and I've already alluded to how I feel First Samuel is going to really touch micro and macro things in our world. Obviously, First Corinthians did very directly. Yeah. You know, right. there were some really heavy, hard chapters to navigate there. Um, to be a church that's united, not divided in a divisive world. I mean, I could just keep going to say, I follow this person and that person. No, we follow Christ, and it's why we yeah. preach Him alone. Yeah. It's the wisdom from God, even though the world calls it foolish. So there's a confidence I think yeah. 1 Corinthians gave us. Yeah. Um, and one of the things we talked about is in the book of Acts, you know, first, in Acts 18, Paul is in Corinth, mm -hmm. and he has this deep love for a church that he planted. And there is another letter that is actually of a total different tone. Yeah. To the same people uh -huh. and it is a tone of comfort it is a tone of of paul i think sharing a lot more of his personal pastoral self in which he essentially says i'm not sufficient for these things but god's made us sufficient mm -hmm. this is the second corinthians folks is the book where paul shares about his thorn in the side it's a book where in chapter four you know it talks about um, i think is it four or seven mm -hmm. uh, jars of clay yep. um uh you have we're we're we're, we're perplexed, but not and per persecuted, perplexed, but we're not crushed. Yeah. You know, um, we want the glory of God to shine out really through our weakness, yeah. 
for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Um, yeah. I, I think it's an amazing book where Paul starts out with a little bit of agitation again, where he says, if, I, if, you, if you need me to, I can list all my accolades that show how strong I am. But I don't want to do that. Yeah. I am his, and this gospel is sure. And faith in a strong God when we are weak is what it looks like to walk as the church. Very different tone than 1 Corinthians. So he's not responding to a letter and saying, now let's talk about this issue that you're concerned about and that issue that you're concerned about. It's just simply going to be, I mean, even the way it starts, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, and he goes on. So it's just, I think it's going to be a very pastoral book. I think it'll go well with 1 Samuel, a totally yeah. different thing. It's a letter, not more narrative, but right. I'm, I'm looking forward to just talking through its depth with you. Yeah, and, and those the, even just that simple theme of power and weakness, and um, that we are powerful when we are weak and dependent on the Lord. Our power comes from Him, not from ourselves. I mean, that that's going to... That's going to show up in uh, First Samuel and be on display, kind of like you were saying, in a narrative uh, fashion uh, there. So, yeah, I'm excited uh, to get into Second Corinthians as well. And um, yeah, we'll just, I will, you know, we'll see what we get into next week with it. But any anything else you would add? No, I just, uh, I just want to encourage you to avail yourself these things. Um, I think it's something we do on the side a little bit. This isn't a centerpiece of our church's um, methodological way of teaching. You know, we don't have yeah. the expectation that every adult is listening to these podcasts and journeying through contextualized with us. Right, but right. I hope it helps. And I hope that the beauty of God's word and its ability by the Holy Spirit's design to connect to our life is just continually exposed and... And you and I, AJ, just, I enjoy these discussions. We just sit and talk. Mm-hmm. And so it would be very different not talking about a, a story like mm-hmm. the Book of Acts was, mm-hmm. yep. but actually like some words from a letter. But yep. we'll stay committed to not reading a bunch of commentaries and trying to right. go technical or exegetical in our understanding of First Corinthians. We want to just be conversational in our seeing what it says, how, how the gospel is emphasized in it, and then how does it apply. So yep. I think it'll be very comforting. Yep, yep. Well, I'm excited for both these books. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we know that, you know, even just thinking back to Acts, um, the proclaiming of the word and the growth of the church are, go hand in hand. Yeah. And um, that, that, that's numeric, but it's also um, just depth and maturity and um, relationally and personally. You know, it's, it's maturity, not just, um, you know, the numbers on the roll kind of thing. And so, yeah, we, we just trust and hope that God will use both Second Corinthians here and kind of in a more formal sense, our time in First Samuel, to grow Christ's community, to, to bless others, uh, to bless our community as well. One of the, you know, just maybe a, a place to end, one of the things we've been, we actually looked at a map this week um, of where all the people who attend Christ's community live. And it's pretty broad, um, but it's I think it's just moving us to... Uh, pray for God to bless our, our large community, you know, the greater Tri-Cities area, so to speak. And um, you know, just pray that he would do that even through this as well. Yeah, and I'll dovetail on that. 
we similar but different I've been thinking about the families that attend Christ Community regularly um, and you know we have three rooms that we have capacity to worship in on a Sunday college kids are coming back pretty much in real time right now mm-hmm. this could be a first Sunday where we maybe see students more we move the chairs around in our worship space to help with Lord's Supper and so you know we're, you might see some of these maps hanging up around that AJ's mentioned when you come into church Sunday if you're you know just if you're part of us in regular worship and you're here this Lord's Day, look for a different place to sit than you always sit. Um, because we've tried to make it so that the chairs are in better places for people to see. Because <laughs> in of the some holes. ways you can't sit where you've been sitting. No, you can't. Different. We changed it and we've been, we're going to do that so the Lord's Supper serving is quicker and also just more efficient and more beautiful. Uh, so just expect some changes. But man, I had a weird dream last night and I won't get into dreams, but... I had a really it was not at our church, but I was in a church and I was doing ministry of the word and everything was different. And I woke up thankful that I serve at a church where if we move the chairs around in the, in the sanctuary, it doesn't make people mad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot I, we're not, I mean, we won't do yeah. right, but um, yeah. I think even this podcast and getting as excited as we are about the next textual study in First Samuel that you all will under, know deep from our hearts that what's the most important thing needs to be the gospel, taking root in our minds and in our hearts, the law of God, the, the righteousness of Jesus that met the law of God on our behalf, and it, it changes us, and then we serve where we're at. And that serving is out in the community. When we see dots on a map, that's where people live. Yeah. But it's also when we come together and worship, we realize what is actually happening here. God is communing with us, and we do anchor our service with word and sacrament, and... I just love that Christ community loves that. And there's a lot of freedom to not have to perform in such a way as to make anything else that much greater so that people will just understand what we're doing here. Right. So, yeah, right. look for a different seat. But come and worship God with us. Study his word with us. We'll finish Job. And, man, it's going to be a great fall study. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We'll tune in next week. We'll see you then. Have a great week.